I've been lying down for hours now. It's 5.35am, and there's not much I can do. You know what's the worst part about my situation? I'm in the same room with my parents. They keep... looking at me, and I can't help but look back and try not to cry or scream. Their eyes are focused on me, and their mountains are wide open. There's the strong scent of blood, and I feel so paralyzed with fear. Here's the thing. The second I make any hint that I'm not asleep anymore, I'm completely fucked. I will die, and there's nobody around to save me. I've been trying to think of a way out, but the only idea I have is to rush for the door and run outside to the front door and scream for help, hoping any neighbors hear me. It's risky, but if I stay here, I'll surely die. He's waiting for me to wake up and see his masterpiece. You're probably wondering what's going on. I do get ahead of myself sometimes. About three hours ago, I heard screaming from the other side of the house. I got up and went to check on the noise before realizing I had to use the restroom. Instead of doing the smart thing and investigating, I used the bathroom first. I could have gotten myself killed right then for my stupid actions, but I actually did my business and took a peek outside the bathroom. There was blood on the carpet. I got very worried and ran back to my room, hiding under my sheets like the pussy I was. I tried to convince myself to go back to sleep, that it was just a really vivid dream or something. But I heard my bedroom door open. Like the terrified child I was, I peeked from under my blankets to see what was going on. I could see something dragging my dead parents into the room. It was not human, I can tell you that. It was hairless, with no eyes and no clothing. It walked like a caveman with its back slouched as it dragged my parents. But this thing was much smarter than any caveman. It was aware of what it was doing. It propped my dad up on the edge of my bed and made him face me, and then sat my mother down in the chair and positioned her towards me as well. It then started rubbing its hands upon the walls, staining them with blood, and then drew a circle with the devil's pentagram in it. This thing had made what it would probably call a masterpiece. To finish it off, it scribbled a message onto the wall that I could not read in the darkness. It then positioned itself under my bed, waiting to strike. The scariest thing is now. My eyes have adjusted to the darkness since then, and I can read the message on the wall. I don't want to look at it, because it's terrifying to think about, but I feel I need to see before I'm killed. I peek at the creature's masterpiece. I know you're awake. Footsteps aren't an uncommon thing to hear when you're sitting in a basement. So I think nothing of it when I hear quiet thuds coming from my upstairs hallway. I just assume it's my brother and continue doing whatever pointless little thing I was doing at the time. They go on for another couple minutes and I'm starting to get pissed off. They keep getting louder and louder, and I sigh, wondering what the hell my brother is doing this late at night. I sit there because it's impossible to focus with the racket. I mean, it, it sounds like someone's power walking all over my main floor. I sit there and listen as the thumps get faster and wilder. They just keep moving, almost starting to form a rhythm. They move even faster and get even wilder, and they're thumping all over my main floor. I realize, whatever this is, it, it can't be human. 
No human can move like that. What the fuck? I finally yell. After that, all the noises stop. Everything is quiet for a moment. And then I hear calm, slow footsteps moving to my basement door. The door is pushed open, and the footsteps stop again. I listen to my breathing for the next three minutes and then sigh, thinking it's over. Turns out, something else was listening, too. Suddenly, I hear it thudding down the stairs. I knock my chair over in my haste to stand up. I start to run towards the nearest closet, just in time to see a grotesque, hairless, four-legged creature dancing towards me, tapping its swollen feet in an intoxicating rhythm. I dive into the closet and slam the door shut. There's half a second pause, and then I hear the same rhythm on the door. It just keeps going and going with, with no pause, no rests, no relief. He's been at it for hours now, and I find myself tapping my fingers along with his song. But then, just as suddenly as it began, it ends. I wait for a few moments, and then look out. He's gone. I flip on a light and fall into a chair. It's safe. I relax and think for a few moments. But then I notice my foot tapping. Hmm. Maybe this song isn't so bad. I, I almost like it enough to, to dance to it. So I drop down on my hands and feet... And I start. In 1983, a team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undisclosed facility. The scientists had theorized that a human without access to any senses or ways to perceive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of God. They believed that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity, and without them, a human could actually establish contact with God by thought. An elderly man who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only test subject to volunteer. To purge him of all of his senses, the scientists performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connection to the brain was surgically severed. Although the test subject retained full muscular function, he could not see, hear, taste, smell, or feel. With no possible way to communicate with or even sense the outside world, he was alone with his thoughts. Scientists monitored him as he spoke aloud in a state of mind and jumbled, slurred sentences that he couldn't even hear. After four days, the man claimed to be hearing hushed, unintelligible voices in his head. Assuming it was an onset of psychosis, the scientists paid little attention to the man's concerns. Two days later, the man cried that he can hear his dead wife speaking with him, and even more, he can communicate back. The scientists were intrigued, but were not convinced until the subject started naming dead relatives of the scientists. He repeated personal information to the scientists that only their dead spouses and parents would have known. At this point, a sizable portion of scientists left the study. After a week of conversing with the deceased through his thoughts, the subject became distressed, saying the voices were overwhelming. In every waking moment, his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices that refused to leave him alone. He frequently threw himself against the wall, trying to elicit a pain response. He begged the scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices by sleeping. This tactic worked for three days, until he started having severe night terrors. The subject repeatedly said that he could see and hear the deceased in his dreams. Only a day later, 
The subject began to scream and claw at his non-functional eyes, hoping to sense something in the physical world. The hysterical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell and the end of the world. At one point, he yelled, No heaven, no forgiveness, for five hours straight. He continually begged to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that he was so close to establishing contact with God. After another day, the subject could no longer form coherent sentences. Seemingly mad, he started to bite off chunks of flesh from his arm. The scientists rushed into the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not kill himself. After a few hours of being tied down, the subject halted in his struggling and screaming. He stared blankly at the ceiling as teardrops silently streaked across his face. For two weeks, the subject had to be manually rehydrated due to the constant crying. Eventually, he turned his head and despite his blindness, made focused eye contact with the scientist for the first time in the study. He whispered, I have spoken with God and he has abandoned us and his vital signs stopped. There was no apparent cause of death. A man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in. The woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there. She explained that it was a storeroom and that it was out of bounds. She reminded him of this several times before allowing him upstairs. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. However, the insistence of the woman had piqued his curiosity. So the next night, he walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom, like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was incredibly pale. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. Was, was this a celebrity? The owner's daughter? He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. As he was still looking, the woman turned sharply and he jumped back from the door. Hoping she would not suspect he had been spying on her, he crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. He felt embarrassed that he had made the woman so uncomfortable and hoped that she had not made a complaint with the woman at the front desk. At this point, he decided to consult her for more information. After some gentle quizzing and the promise that the explanation would go no further than him, she finally said, Well, I might as well tell you the story of what happened in the room. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in there. We find that even now people get uncomfortable staying there, but these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes, which were red. 
there was a hunter in the woods who, after a long day hunting, was in the middle of an immense forest. It was getting dark, and having lost his bearings, he decided to head in one direction until he was clear of the increasingly oppressive foliage. After what seemed like hours, he came across a cabin in a small clearing. Realizing how dark it had grown, he decided to see if he could stay there for the night. He approached and found the door ajar. Nobody was inside. The hunter flopped down on the single bed, deciding to explain himself to the owner in the morning. As he looked around the inside of the cabin, he was surprised to see the walls adorned by several portraits, all painted in incredible detail. Without exception, they appeared to be staring down at him, their features twisted into looks of hatred and malice. Staring back, he grew increasingly uncomfortable. Making a concerted effort to ignore the many hateful faces, he turned to face the wall, and exhausted, he fell into a restless sleep. The next morning, the hunter awoke. He turned, blinking in unexpected sunlight. Looking up, he discovered that the cabin had no portraits, only windows.